my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. Come inside. Right now. You are listening to Let's Talk Hemp in the 422. I am your host, Morris Beagle. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Let's Talk Hemp special episode for China, where my partner in hemp, Rick Trojan, met up with Dr. Weed Lady and New Hemp Times to record in China while Rick was there speaking at a hemp conference back at the beginning of July. Like I've said many times before on the show, Rick and I seem to find ourselves all over the country and all over the globe these days talking about cannabis hemp and all the things this plant can do for us personally and what it can do for the planet. Before we get into this recording, I want to make mention we have several interviews in the can now, and we hope to get them out weekly in August as we head into the Southern Hemp Expo that is at the beginning of September. With that, we have interviews coming up with Lorena Beltran from Canna Salud in Mexico, George Ho from Myco Sativa and Ingenuity Beverages, and Michael Perry from PNX Botanicals. All great interviews, and we can't wait to get these finalized and available for you at letstalkhemp.com. Alrighty, with that, we'll get into the New Hemp Times meets the Hemp Road Trip in China with Rick and Dr. Weed Lady. Hey, this is Dr. Jan Roberts with New Hemp Times here in a special China edition. And we're actually having a co-podcast with my buddy... Rick Trojan, it's a co-cast. <laughs> it's a co-cast. It's let's talk. Temp, let's talk camp on the four two two and the new Hemp Times co-podcast Woo! from China. China, we for China for some of you. Yes, which Amy. is French. Yes, with a ph. That's bad. For sure, for China. China. For sure, for, for China. China. Oh my um, God! What we're doing here, what we're doing here, is for China. Yes, for real. Um, Paid for by it, the People's Republic of China. Yes, thank you, PPR. Mm-hmm. See, but no, it's been a fantastic conference here. In all, in all seriousness, and it's um, and. Dr. You Jan, you want to go into us? Yeah, yeah. International so, Research Center on Cannabinoids and Mental Health. He which totally is awesome. fucked up our name. It's International Research Center on Cannabis and Mental Health. Cannabis, cannabinoids, tomato, tomato. You say tomato, I, I know. Anywho, tomato. so uh, for our listeners, we were actually both of us, both Rick and I were speaking here, as well as our my other New Hemp Times co-host, uh, Dr. Jehan Marku. Um, plus several other people. It was a really fascinating conference. Why did you take J- away from it? Jehan couldn't come with us today because he's right now looking at a hemp farm as we yes, speak. Yes, he is. He took and a bus three hours north, and we're like at the we're at the forty fifth parallel. Wait, wait. By the way, I know. So but he's we, like way north. So it's like the sun's definitely not setting. So he's near Russia. Yeah, I bet he can see Russia from this window. Oh, he's pulling a Palin. <laughs> he can see Russia from his, his bus. bus window. Um, of course. I didn't go because I decided that I wanted to take a two-hour and 15-minute uh, massage break today. So I had a massage at a spa, and it was wonderful. What that did you do? That sounds amazing. I went skiing at the largest indoor <laughs> ski slope in the world, and it was awesome, except for I didn't have gloves on my hands frozen. It took like an hour for my like, hands on spa. But um, you can see them now, and the digits are working, so it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, the conference was absolutely incredible, and, and China is incredible. This is my first time here. Mine too. It, it's uh, yeah, me too, actually. And um, so it's it's fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of empty buildings that are beautiful. Uh, it's there's crazy. a lot of uh, yeah toilet paper. Jayon told me to bring toilet paper, and I was like, "That's bullshit." I needed toilet paper last night, and the toilets are the ones you stand over. And pee, except in the hotel room. This is a nice hotel. Yeah. That's owned by the government. Yeah, and the university actually owns it too. But well, yeah, but the toilet paper here is more, I would say it's not really toilet paper, it's more like sandpaper. <laughs> and which is awesome, not really. And then you'd think the girl this hemp, they'd take and pulp yep. that shit and yeah. then like use it for shit. Wait, <laughs> literally. You know, literally for shit. Hemp for shit. shit. It's like hemp for victory, but hemp for shit. Smells different. I know. I know. Um, victory I, smells different in China. I wish, I wish our listeners could see because we both are wearing scarves right now. Hemp scarves. They are made there. Thank you, Vital Hemp. Shout out to Vital Hemp for hemp scarves. Thank you, uh, Vital black Hemp. Black and white you got on, and I got a solid little white oh, one. It matches my outfit. It's perfect. 
But yeah, so let's let's get into the meat of the product. You you, have, you gave a great um, presentation yesterday. Thanks. Um, but it's set up there. You're the CEO of Partners in Health and Wellbeing, which is cool. You obviously have a, wear a lot of hats in the industry. Madison Square Diagnostics, all sorts of cool stuff uh, you're doing. But let's get into some of the stuff you were talking about that I think yeah. is interesting. Sure. Um, let's talk about dosing. So dosing was a big thing that you brought up during your conversation or during your presentation, and trying to figure out what dosing is correct for different. Well. Yeah, let's we, get into that a little we bit. We know, okay, so for people who are listening, we actually did, I did a presentation yesterday on uh, CBD, the facts, and the fiction. And really it was, I, I talked about CBD mostly, but, you know, we can't ignore its favorite cousin, THC. And so for me, when I'm working with my patients, dosing is a very important piece and it's so individualistic. And one of the things we don't realize is that all of us metabolize cannabinoids differently. You know, we can be a fast metabolizer of certain cannabinoids, slow metabolizer of certain cannabinoids. And so for dosing, it's just, it's really important to um, kind of, start slow and and then build up. But right now we have so many issues that there's lack of education, lack of quality education for our patients. I know I've had my patients who really got very little education around how to use cannabis um, or cannabis products. And um, it's interesting. I've worked in two states with medical marijuana programs, and I would say that New York's is much more advanced as far as helping the patients understand what dosage should be. Um, much more advanced than who? Was Delaware is the okay. other state. But um, it's a really fascinating piece because in Delaware, they don't have pharmacists, essentially, at the dispensaries. They're just bud tenders who are helping patients. And it's a very different perspective. You know, when I, I have had cards in both states and the education that I received, and granted, I knew a lot. I, you know, I kind of play stupid and ask questions and then I tell them That's who I am fun. afterwards. Yeah. You know, the, when I went to the uh, New York dispensary, I, I was so impressed by the types of questions they were asking about what medications am I on? You know, what are some of the conditions? How do you want to be able to function? What is it? You know, and, and they really helped me understand the different products and the better products for me versus when I was a patient in Delaware's program. So for dosing, there are no there are no real standards for Right. And there are no right, right. and so and, and something like one in five and correct me if I'm wrong here but I believe one in five people cannot metabolize THC through their liver right so mm-hmm. they can eat edibles they can literally eat a gram of right. THC and they would never get they would never yep. feel stoned right yep. for psych, for yep. psychotropic effects yep. um but I'm imagining the those same people non-intoxicating effects. Yeah, but I imagine those is it because I would even argue that CBD is a psychotropic or you know that that it's psychotropic in a way yeah, because I mean, it I would does argue with that for yeah. sure. Wait, um, on which side? Are we again about, opposed? No, we're not opposed. We're just disagreeing. But, but so I think back to the dosing part, one in five people can metabolize THC, right? Mm-hmm. From an edible standpoint. Are those, say, people unable to metabolize CBD then as well? Just not think? necessarily. Okay, so it's no, not cannabinoids. Every, it's just no. a specific. It's a specific cannabinoid. Okay. Okay. So it's not like just one cannabinoid. There are some tests out right now that, um, in fact, for this project that we're working on, a research project, we're actually utilizing it to make sure that our participants to, to really have a better understanding of how they metabolize cannabinoids. Um, and the most ones that are used are obviously CBD and THC. Those are used in this test. We want to see how they metabolize because that would impact dosing um, as well. But here's, I guess, here's my argument. The dosing, I think I agreed. I think you should, if you can know your dose, whatever, for your particular condition, and especially if you're using it for medical, but I ate a gram and a half of CBD when I was a judge at the NEC conference, the Hemp and CBD Expo. Mm-hmm. Shout out to those guys in, in Birmingham, Alabama, or Birmingham, UK, not Alabama, Birmingham, UK. <laughs> when I ate a gram and a half of CBD, like I was a little off and I wasn't, my cognitive ability, my cognition wasn't as high. I think I was mm-hmm. a little just kind of slower to get things and I was feeling a little like loop, loopy, I would say. Um, not tired, just kind of like a little loopy. And I, like I literally was looking for THC to like bring me back to reality, right? Because right. it was a little too much, but. If I did a gram and a half of THC, I would be night-night, in fact. Well, wait. All right. So I have a question then. So basically, you feel like you took too much. It had an, an effect that you weren't used to. But that that's a brilliant issue because we know that most other drugs, if you overdose or if you take something, there's some kind of harmful issue going you on. You messed up and, up. Right. Really, yeah. And, and 
What's so fascinating is that cannabis in general is fairly well tolerated. You know, there are some side potential side effects, but they're not really that harmful. Um, one of the issues that I find, especially like people always talk about becoming dependent on it or cannabis use disorder. And what would that mean as far as an overdose? And we know that, like, we even talked about this on New Hemp Times, that when you die, you you show kind of an exacerbated number of, like, your THC level is heavier. So if you overdose, you're not going to die. And and that's the point. You can't overdose, yeah. Right, If you consume too much, you're not going to die. If you consume too much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, overdose. I, I, yeah, I know. I guess if we're looking at semantics, absolutely, you can't overdose on it. But if you take too much, you're not going to die. And it's fascinating because it's actually about where the receptors are and where they're not. They're not located in the area that controls respiration, which is your medulla, right? Uh, is it the medulla? <laughs> I don't know why I thought you're it the was smart another, person in this I know, podcast. I it was another part of it. You're smart too, yeah, buddy. But you're you're the smart person in this podcast. So thank yes. you for nodding your head. Yes. That yes, Jan, it's the medulla. I don't think it is, but we'll, we'll look. This that is going to be a good podcast. We're not, we're not going to agree on shit the whole time, pretty well, much. We Except for we don't agree. We're going to agree that we don't agree. And but I like that part. Not agreeing or agreeing that we don't agree. Agreeing that we don't agree and we don't have to agree. Yeah, me too. Because we have a totally different perspective. Like we have talked about the issues, like I'm always worried about what's going to happen with my patients and how do they, you know, how can they use cannabis products in a way that are going to be safe for them so that maybe they can not take benzodiazepines or maybe not take an opioid or maybe not take, you know, an antidepressant. Because I do feel that, you know, the side effects of cannabis products are often less harmful than even SSRIs. You know, SSRIs, you can gain weight. You can actually have sexual dysfunctions for it. We know that with cannabis, you don't have... Tell our listeners what SSRI is. A selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's it's one of the many different types of antidepressants out there, like a Zoloft. Um, Can I ask you questions? Yeah, but before you get into that, (laughs) hang on, before you get into that, yes, absolutely, of course. This is a good good question and answer banter session. So um, where I think... My see, so I have no patients, so I'm not concerned. Right. I am concerned with everyone's safety, obviously. Of course, but because since you can't overdose on it, and I've definitely taken too much THC, and I've had a roommate when I first started my first edibles company, uh, I had a, my chef create all these. Um, I think they're like Rice Krispie treats or whatever, and so we had six of them. Oh no, there were cinnamon rolls, and each cinnamon roll had 100 milligrams of THC, mm. and they were delicious, right? And so I went to the gym, I came back, and two of the six cinnamon rolls, I had them for investors, and like investors are going to come and eat weed, right? An investment thing, but right. I don't know. I was a kid. I didn't know what I was thinking. But anyway, so I had six, six cinnamon rolls, so 600 milligrams of THC between the six of them. And I come back and my roommate who does, who is cannabinoid deficient AF, right? He ate two of them. And so he had consumed 200 milligrams of, of THC and he was about to have a journey, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I was never concerned for his health, for his safety, right? Mm-hmm. I said, I was like, hey, buddy, mm-hmm. grab some water, put on the Muppet movies and queue okay. up some movies and, because you're going to go night-night in a little bit. And that's the but difference that's, so between no me and danger, you. I think, from my well, standpoint. Well, from your standpoint. Correct. So I'll give you a great example. Um, in our podcast on New Hemp Times recently, we talked about the fact that I got my mother to use cannabis for the first time. Right on. Because it was before she had major, well, she had hip surgery, but she also had been taken off of her arthritis medication, anti-inflammatories. She Why? Was prior to the surgery. It was oh. just typical protocol. And she's very much against taking those kinds of medications only because we saw Toxic what it did medications. to my, yeah, yeah, we saw what it did to my father. My father was on, uh, had rheumatoid arthritis and died from frigging cold because the medication suppressed his immune system. That's crazy. It is crazy. And so my mother was very worried about taking opioids, was very, you know, I've had a, a niece who died from opioid um, overdose a few years ago and with my father and his opioid dependence, but also the arthritis piece, she's really worried. So I got her to try cannabis for the first time. She could not believe it. I was giving her, you know, she was vaping like two puffs. Um, it was probably like, what, it wasn't a strong dose at all. She didn't really feel any kind of like psychoactive effects as far as feeling stoned, what we would call feeling stoned. All she kept remarking about was, oh my God, I can move around. I slept great. I can function 75% better. I can feel pain, but it's nothing like it was. 
she was functional all weekend. When I saw her, when I flew down, she couldn't move hardly. And by the time she had her surgery, she was in a great mood. She couldn't get over how much better she felt. Well, then I had to leave and um, we had some new product that was given to her. And she consumed too much. Okay. Yeah, she, she consumed too much. And this is the difference. This is why you and I disagree because her experience on that scared her so much that it created almost like a little trauma reaction. So now she's afraid to use this because she had taken too much. And, and, and I'm just, look, totally. you, you're you like, you know. But get back on the bike. I, I you know what I mean? You fall off the bike, get back know, on the bike, right? I, I know that, but she's That's actually a fairly healthy. Yeah. No, she's a fairly healthy woman. She's almost 80. But for my patients who are very fragile, who are very much having panic disorders, PTSDs, flashbacks, and stuff like that, the last thing I want to do is to re-traumatize them. And so for me, it's a very important issue to really talk about safety and dosing in a way that people understand that. Because I do want to avert that experience for for people who don't want that. And we know that the largest growing segment of the population using cannabis really are elderly people. But they've been know? programmed. They've been programmed to be fearful of this plant. And that's, no, that's, that's she wasn't fearful at all when she was having a good dosage of it. The no, way she a, described her her reaction to it, it, it was a little alarming to me just because, you know, and, and I get where you're coming from and I don't disagree that there is probably this internalized stigmatization that's playing out here in her fears. But at the same time, as a clinician, I always want to make sure that anyone that I interact with uses something that actually makes them feel better, right. not causes more harm. Because that's my credo. Sure. My, my ethical thing is to not do harm. Yeah. And so for me, I take that very seriously. And, and, and I think that's great. But I think she's 80 years old, right? So, so she was literally, I mean, Anzinger and the, the whole war on drugs and the whole reefer madness was literally when she was a child, right? So I think I think yeah. kind of there build out the argument. I think she, she was taught that this is a, a harmful plant, the devil's lettuce, it's awful, this, that, the other. I, but the reality is from a, from a, other than a mental piece, right? Physically, physiologically, yeah, cannabinoids helped her. We're yeah. helping oh her, even God. though even when she was freaking out, it was still helping down. her. I, I know her so, inflammation yeah. went down. Absolutely. So that's but, a, that's a but, that's a but, mental thing that. I mean, no, I I hear what you're okay. saying, but I think you're falling into a trap here of separating the mental and the physical, and it is all one experience. And, and, and you and I had talked about earlier about the endocannabinoid system really kind of being a gateway to this kind of unified holistic approach of a human as both a conscious being but also a physical being mm-hmm. we have to look at both because the mental does impact the physical Correct. and vice versa I, yep, so so for me it's really important that we try to avert that as much as possible because I don't want to do harm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I deal, you have to also understand, I come from a background where the kinds of patients I treat typically are the most um, fragile, have had significant trauma in their lives. Um, and the last thing I ever want to do is to re-traumatize them. Yeah, and, but they and, use psilocybin. They use psilocybin now as legal in that. Colorado, right, for PTSD and that. But the reality well, is, cannabis it, it, is fantastic for PTSD. Sure, but the reality is, when you use psilocybin, sometimes you go to a bad place, bad right? And place, you have to. It teaches it. you, or you you learn. At least I had to learn to <laughs> adapt and to and to go with that flow. Like not everything's Are rainbows and something? unicorns. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, I'm God. I say that all the time. Yeah, that's probably where I got it. I don't um, think I've used that since I've met you. Well, then that's so. probably not where I got it. Um, no. Maybe we got it from someone else, but hold on now, buddy. It's my turn. All right, buddy. (laughs) All right, buddy. But before I go on to say this, I do want to be very clear that actually my mother has probably been one of the biggest supporters. So is she using cannabis now? Um, Not as much I don't anymore. know. I know she's using CBD right now. Okay, so yeah, she does. You okay, know, good, good for her. She she really good was excited about this and and very supportive and realizing that she's been fed a pack of lies, but um, by our government basically, you know, going back to Nixon and Slinger as well in the '30s and all that good stuff. But um, I want to kind of switch the roles here. So for our listeners on New Hemp Times. 
tell us about what you do and, and kind of why you got into this. Um, so I am, I, um, I got into it in 2012 or 13. I had just sold a software company and I was traveling all over the world. I was traveling like 300 days a year and I was never home. And I wanted to hang out with my nieces and nephews who are now nine to five from nine to like two. And so I was like, what, what can I do that's going to keep me in Colorado? I don't have to travel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, marijuana. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you grow marijuana in, or in the marijuana industry in Colorado, you have to stay within the state, right, legally. So I was like, oh, perfect. So I started a weed company and an edibles company because I figured, I was 13, so I figured people wouldn't want to smoke if they're going mm-hmm. on the slopes or whatever. They might want to eat edibles or whatever. Yep. So even like, vape bins had barely come out even then, right? right so right. Uh, And then I went to Germany. I used to live in Europe, so I went to Germany to hang out with some friends and travel around for a month and got super sick on alpurinol. I was taking mm-hmm. alpurinol for high uric acid, right? And, it, and I had an allergic reaction in Germany. And ended up uh, in the hospital for a month. And so it's called Stephen Johnson syndrome. Yeah. So essentially burn from the inside out is what's happening. So all your mucus members burn. Like uh, my, my lip, I was going to like, I went to the Oktoberfest. I came back early, like at five o'clock at night because I was tired and all, you know. And uh, at like three in the morning, I went to the bathroom. And I had like, you know, I got a dry lip. And I like, mm-hmm. like to scrape my lip and my whole lip just peeled off and went into the, into the, into the sink. And I was like... This isn't good, right? And so then I went to the hospital. Then went to, they didn't know what was going on. Then I went to another hospital. They didn't know. Thank God I drank an eight ounce uh, thing of water. Otherwise, I would have probably mm-hmm. died of dehydration. Uh, but but a third hospital I went to, and then they found out it was Stephen Johnson. And then when I got my eyesight back, I was I was in, I was in, I was you in lost ICU. Your yeah, you, I couldn't see because I mean, yeah, it's just it was it's, it was gnarly. It was super gnarly. And this was um, when this was 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah. 14. And so uh, 14 or 15, but um. Anyway, so I got my eyesight back, and I was like, okay, and I'm sitting in this fucking hospital doing nothing. And I was like, well, I don't know shit about cannabis. I probably should learn about cannabis because I started a weed company, and I probably should know what I'm doing for a living, mm-hmm. right? And then I learned about Reefer Madness, Prohibition. Then I started learning about cannabis, Sativa L in general, which mm-hmm. is, we call it hemp, we call it marijuana, we call yeah. it whatever you want to call it, but all the things that it could do, right? And I was like, holy shit, like, this plant is incredible. Why aren't we, we're pulling, we're pouring petroleum over everything, and these toxic, and our food's toxic, and to- why don't we have a natural alternative option, right? Mm-hmm. And hemp could be that option. And so I, when I got back to the States, the presidential primaries were going on. And so I bought a biodiesel bus and started following the primaries, talking like Clinton and Martin O'Malley. And, um, you know, we tried to get to Trump who went to one of those rallies, but it really just trying to help people understand, like not everyone needs to smoke or wants to smoke marijuana, right. but everyone can, can benefit from utilizing cannabis in any, in a number of aspects of their life. Right. So I, then I just kind of, transitioned more over to the industrial side and the hemp side and just, you know, just got after it. So, um, so what all do you do now? So I, um, I mean, cause obviously yeah. you're here in China. Yeah. You spoke yesterday. Yeah. So which was amazing. Mission? Um, so I'm the vice president of the, of the hemp industries association, which is the largest and oldest national hemp trade association. Um, I have about 4,700 acres in the ground from companies that I deal with and either a member or a small equity owner and um, a media and marketing company. And we have just a couple different things just to help build this. I mean, the reality is I'm here to build the industry. I'm not going to get rich on this, right? I'm not going to, it's not for me. It's more for the you got kids. rich on the software? No, then I dumped it into the marijuana and then that went to shit. So I, <laughs> I yeah, it's all relative, right? But like, right. it's all, I mean, yeah. You make it, you spend it. I mean, that's how yeah. that's how life is. But it's yeah. just um, so I put that into the into the marrow, the first marijuana company that I did that was in, that didn't go anywhere. But yeah, so that's what I do. So I, I'm essentially here to educate people, build the industry, um, and help just help dispel fear. I think is really what I'm. What, yeah. At the end of the day, it's just hey, if you've been told information, that's just not the right information, and that's here's good, and look it up yourself if you don't believe me. You and know? I love that you and I both have the podcast because when I got my doctorate, my whole like presentation is always when my defense was about trying to change the conversation around cannabis. And because we, we have such, it's such a highly stigmatized issue. And if you really focus on the only, the reason that cannabis is so powerful, and I'm not talking about sustainability, I'm talking about it as a medicine right okay. now is because of the endocannabinoid system. And to me, that is just like the most magical and incredible kind of physiological system that people don't know about. Right. People don't understand why CBD might be working, why, you know, all these research projects going on, finding that cannabis can help this or that condition, you know, and and that's where I, I just... I think it's beautiful. Well, I think it's actually what we do on the Let's Talk Hemp on the 422 is we actually, our tagline is 
changing a cannabis conversation. So, no. yep, for real. So the first, yeah, so I drove the bus around the first two years and it said, hemp is not marijuana on the front and back of the bus. That was it, right? And so when I rebranded the bus this last year in, uh, April, in August, it says, um, I changed the conversation. We said, it says hemp is cannabis, but it can't get you high. So that's what, so it's, it's all cannabis. So like, I don't even like using the word marijuana, but right. um, because either. the race is undertones, yep, all that. But in either event, I mean, people call it what they want to call it. But you, you made a point uh, to go back to the endocannabinoid system. I love how Let's, you're trying to get this off of you and what? back one to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're just changing the conversation. Um, so you made a point yesterday in your speech, which I thought, which I, I'm looking at the notes here now, less than 9% or about 9% of medical schools mm-hmm. in the States teach the endocannabinoid system. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's scary. crazy. So like today, um, I, I was sharing with you earlier, but I teach at NYU and I had my students since I'm not there uh, teaching uh, this week. I'm here in China. For China. For China. Anyway, um, I had them review an article that I, I um, wrote and had published in a peer-reviewed journal about the history of cannabis, but really from a clinical uh, perspective, from a mental health perspective, what are the things that clinicians really need to know? And I, I've been reading all of their responses over the last three days as they've been submitting their homework assignment to me. And it's fascinating to hear that they had never even heard of the endocannabinoid system. And I know that what they're telling me echoes everything that you hear from physicians, from, you know, nurses. People aren't aware of this physiological system that actually impacts almost every function. It kind of just runs your body. Yes. It's the most important system of your body. No question. And if it's not regulated, it leads to disease right. and, and or mal, uh, dysfunctional, you know, right. processes. Chronic so, diseases. Right, right, right. Over time, Mental right? health yeah. issues, yep. too. You know, um, and, and so for me, this is a really fascinating kind of area that we're wanting to focus on and, and to look at how EC, the ECS really impacts certain functions. And because that right there tells you that... It impact once we can kind of like we can potentially predict if people are going to have disease states. If this, if the theory is there and the data is showing this, that we and you can, can measure the metrics of the cannabis in the body for sure. But here's the question: Are there ECSs in reptiles and fish, or just mammals? <laughs> nope, just mammals. Just That'd be kind of cool if a shark had an ECS and then he ate a person that was stoned, and he was like, "Ooh, ooh that was like," that and then he just mellows okay. out. Yeah. Or she, it could regulate. be a she shark. Yeah. Why, why would you go to that male? Goddamn patriarchy. I turned back. I turned it. I'm the one that brought up the she shark. You didn't even have that. wasn't even in your mind. <laughs> she sharks are the best. Oh, my God. Um, but yes, yeah, so, okay. So it's just in mammals. So people and, and yeah. mammals, your dogs, yeah. cats. Um, it makes you kind of wonder because I, I know walrus. in my pre- walrus. I know in my presentation yesterday, I have this quote that I showed where it talked about how really the ECS is kind of the bridge between the phys- physiological realities, but also the conscious realities of, of the human experience. And, and I do believe that. And I think that that's why it's so powerful because it really demonstrates that humans are not physical beings with a mental reality. We are one being that has all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and so the physiology influences the mental health experiences, the perceptions, all of that stuff. So I want to get back to you. Sorry. Yeah. No, we no. change things. And, and of course, my questions aren't going to be as pointed probably as yours. I just want our listeners to really understand more about you and your goals here. Um, so tell me, if you were to win the lottery, what would you be doing? Same thing I'm doing now. Right. Yeah. No question. I would just do it <laughs> with a lot more pizzazz. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have, yeah, I'd be I'd engaged, you know, some slab. I just, I, the reach would be bigger. I, I could yeah. pay to get a bigger reach and really impact more people, right? So that would yeah. be, uh, I'd make a second documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd write some more books. I would. Um, have you written a book? Written a book called The Hemp Roadmap, um, mm-hmm. just about kind of Hemp 101. Um, Do you have it here? I don't have it here. It's not published a, yet, but yeah, I have, I have, a, I have a. Will you I, send me a signed copy? I author? will, yes. Um, but I would, yeah, I would do. That's what I would do. I would just help 
educate more people because then I would get a bigger team and a bigger, yeah. a bigger fleet. Or we get a fleet of buses or a fleet of, you know, we would just get after it. Because that, that, The reason I asked you that question is because to me, that gives me the insight into really what your true purpose is. And so you are living that. Yeah. Well, that, well, here's the beauty of almost dying in Germany is it's all gravy to me. So everything it's it's all, I'm living on borrowed time. I think it's not borrowed time, but I'm, it's like a second life or a second option. So I don't really, a lot of the concerns and fears and stuff from before, I don't carry with me anymore because I can choose not to, right? We can all choose what yeah, we want to carry. And yeah, I choose not to because life's only. too fucking short for Absolutely. real. And it took me 40, 38 years to realize it was too short. Uh, but now that I've had the new, you know, a couple of years after that, I mean, we're just... And the amount of stuff that's happened in the last four years in my new life is just absolutely awesome, right? And so I don't know why I would do anything else. I mean, I've been to China, I've been to Colombia, I've been to Europe, I've been all over the world, four continents now for this plant, right? And learning yeah. about this plant and meeting awesome people like yourself absolutely. and leaders in the industry. It's it's it's, 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 it's my it's literally my, my dream job. Like it'd be nice to get paid, right? A little yeah. bit, but like again, that's not I used to want to be a millionaire and all that stuff and, and That'll come or that won't, but it's not it's not a driver anymore, right? The driver is just helping. helping people get their head. You know, the systems are our system is broken across the mm-hmm. board, right? Whether it's healthcare or education or agriculture or Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's not sustainable and it's broken. And that's what we're seeing. Everything's breaking down right now. So what you're pointing out is something I kind of took away from this conference, which is that hemp has this ability really to change the world on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. You know, so agriculture, nutrition, medicine, we're talking about even like sustainability. We were talking about building houses out of out of hempcrete and, and stuff. It, it just really is magical when you kind of think about the ways that it could change society. Well, it's been, I think, my fourth or fifth year that I've been studying it and, and teaching about this plant. And people ask me, like, what's the downside? And honestly, other than it, it's kind of hard to harvest and process a little bit, right? Because we don't have the technology we had from 80 years ago. There's not a ton of downside that I see with this plant at all, really. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a, a solid answer for them. But I think one thing that you talked about yesterday is the adverse reactions yes. with some of this stuff. So let's get yes. in. So there is some downside. So, yeah. um, and we'll get into why there's some downside here in a bit, but let's Tell, oh, well, tell us a little bit of overview. Like, yeah. Can I start with, it, with yeah. that? Yeah. So if we use the term clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome, then we know that um, what we know is that if you have a deficient or dysregulated endocannabinoid system, that's what leads to problems. And for my patients, I really try to get them to connect to how they're feeling physiologically, mentally, etc. And the downsides that we're seeing for side of negative side effects or adverse reactions can be issues with short-term memory, issues really not so much with cognition. And again, these issues are so temporary. And, you know, you can actually, I think, there are some studies that say like 10% of users can develop a disorder. And I actually believe that Chronic use disorder? Uh, a cannabis use disorder okay. is what we call it um, in the mental health field. And actually, I think that that's a result of people not really just having the education and learning how to connect to their body. And I think that actually if you use cannabis, you, be- you can easily become hyper aware to how it's affecting you right. and you can regulate yourself. In fact, I'm a huge proponent of teaching people to regulate themselves in their usage. You know, I know there have been times when maybe I've used too much or wasn't using enough and, and have had to find the right balance for myself. And, and that's what the home. You know, that's what the ECS is all about, is having that balance. You know, we have this thing called a biphasic effect with cannabis, where too little is not enough, but too much actually can cause problems. So you have to find that right therapeutic dosage. And and it back, right, right. And, and, and so that's really important. And there are things that, you know, I, I try to educate my patients on what to pay attention to. If they're finding themselves not having as much motivation, that's a great sign that maybe you're doing too much. You know, listen to your body. We have this innate inner intelligence if we just pay attention to it. And and I think that as a society, we are so disconnected from how we feel that that's part of the problem. And that's why people develop disorders, whether it's cannabis use disorder, you know, they... Opioid, um, opioid eating too much, jumping into relationships so quickly, you know, and not really 
anything can become a problem. It's how we relate to these things that are the issues. And and so I work with my patients really to develop some mindfulness about their use and how it's affecting them so that they can kind of lead the most vital life that they can. And so I think that's fantastic. I think that's that's exactly what we should be doing, helping people help themselves, learn for themselves, and teach right. to learn together, it's right? Yeah, for sure. It's empowerment. And 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 I think that that's really important. Okay. Yeah, well, I think, so, so on the adverse reaction piece, the cannabis yeah. use disorder, I think some of that may be attributed to, at least in Colorado, there was some evil claw pesticides, so pesticides and herbicides get in your system, mm-hmm. right, from a consumption standpoint. Yep. Might be driving some of that, I would yep. hypothesize. Yep. Um, but again, what you were speaking to yesterday, at least uh, in the conversation, speaking specifically about K2 and spice or synthetic, oh my God. synthetic cannabinoids, which are dangerous. As yes. Fuck. So let's talk about the adverse reactions. You were, you were saying that um, a lot of those adverse reactions, I think, came from K2 and spice and synthetic cannabinoids. Yeah, so there was this really kind of interesting, kind of scary, actually, uh, research that was done out of Virginia Commonwealth this uh, in 2018 that came out looking at um, a brand of CBD. I, can't, I think it was, oh my God, what was it? Black... Diamond? Should we know yeah, that? Diamond. No, we can talk about them. We can as, talk yeah. about that? Okay. Well, um, other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was identified, I mean, because the CEO came out and had a response for it. But essentially, they had done some testing, uh, the researchers of Virginia Commonwealth, and found that this product that's really well known, Tommy Chong was one of their paid people, or I don't know if he owned part of it or, or what. But anyway, they found that it had contaminants in it. So it was basically like a counterfeit CBD product. Essentially, what they found was that not only did it have chemicals that are found in like cough medicines, it also had um, substances that are found in K2 and spice that actually exacerbate anxiety. And so that's where I go to. When we read that article, uh, Dr. Marcoux and I, really felt so strongly that our research center had to send out a consumer warning. So we sent out a consumer warning to people, sent a press release with the uh, American Chemical Society, their their subdivision on cannabis safety, um, sent out a joint press release saying that, you know what, be careful, use products that you know where they came from, that you can at least trace back what, what are your products demonstrating. And that's where, you know, you and I have this disagreement, but I really do feel like patients need to know because most of my patients who use CBD are actually using it for relieving symptoms of anxiety. But these were, these were substances that actually trigger anxiety and are found in a lot of emergency room visits. And, and so we just want to make sure that people are using products that are safe. That's it. Right. No, and I, I do actually agree with you that you should know, know what you're buying, know what you're putting in your body yep. for sure. Yep. As we're in China and I have known what the hell I've been eating for the last three days, but um, I had I rooster at one I point, just, which was wild. I decided not to ask anymore. All I know it was damn good food. Yeah. I had the best ribs today I've ever had. I had some weird skin of some animal that was gross. And then I had a rooster <laughs> that was very good. Uh, thankfully, they gave the head to the person next to me because it's like a delicacy to eat the head, and there's no way in hell I'm you giving head to head. a rooster. No. You're not going to give head to a rooster? I'm not going to eat head. I'm not going to give head. I'm not going to anything. That rooster is getting nothing from me. Um, so not yes, nothing, not in for China. Not for China. Sure. <laughs> it, it could be for China, but it's definitely oh, not for China. Um, at any rate, um, the rooster, so I, to the point is you definitely should know what you're putting in your body, Absolutely. right? Know where it's coming from. But I think also go to nature. Don't, the synthetic stuff isn't it's working. So if nature, if nature does it right. And she's been doing it for hundreds of thousands yep. of years, for millions of years. So let's just let her do her job. Right. And then we can just, yeah, and, and that makes sense to me. I'm curious how you feel about this, but this is what worries me about the cannabis industry in general now. As I understand that there's a need to have capital. I understand that there's a need to do better research out there and to have uh, certain investments. I do, but I think that we're running a scary kind of path where we don't want to lose the essence of what this product is. We don't want to lose the inner wisdom of the plant. But that's it, up to us. That is totally up to yeah. us. And that's one of the reasons we do New, New Hope Times yep. is that we want to challenge 
we don't want this to become another big pharma. Right. We want this to be something that's for the people. Right. You know, and, and focus on the people. And the more, and cannabis is helping people become more aware, right, of their yeah. bodies, of their systems, of, yeah. the, of our systems that are broken, whether you're in China yeah. or America right. or wherever you're at. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. So you had... Oh, I thought that was it. I thought the no? question was if you could ask one. Oh, you know me better than All right. by now. All right, you're right. Um, so you had Stevens-Johnson syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. So was cannabis part of your recovery or... No, no? I, was, so I was in Germany. I was in Germany. I had my recovery was steroids and um, that's it. And how did the steroids affect you? I mean, I slept for most of the time and then I just had, you know, the German nurses and the German, like, which was awesome. And then, like, the doctor was awesome. But and I thank God I was in Germany because if I was in the U.S., I'd be dead for sure. But do you think that I do you think that cannabis, though, has played a, a role in you maintaining health or trying to? Absolutely. Live? No question. I mean, I consume okay. other than here in China, I consume, I consume you know, 200 of. 200 milligrams of CBD a day, you know, at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then THC as well. So I consume cannabinoids mm-hmm. across the board, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't I, had an aspirin in five, since the hospital, which I is awesome. Um, and I, which is I, awesome. I took, yeah, never mind. I had to take one okay. two, today because I had no products on me and I uh, had a major ass headache from the cheap ass alcohol I've been drinking. Well, we drank some, I call it, I call it Chinese gasoline last night. I guess it was like $250 a bottle of American. And we had like four of them between our group. It was all these Chinese people and me. And so you'd stand up and you'd cheers uh-huh. and you'd do the shit. And then you'd, they'd try to make you drink the whole thing. And I'm like, that's a nightmare. And I'm not 15 or 22 anymore. So I don't have to do right? that. I can sip it like a gentleman. But nothing to gentlemen about sipping Chinese gasoline for real. And it wasn't <laughs> real gasoline. When we have a picture of what it was. I can't pronounce it because it was in Chinese, but it, it burned like it was gasoline. Like really? it was like, and I've had Everclear before. Like, and it's. This was, yeah, more brutal than ever. Yeah, I, I woke up with a nasty little headache just from the beer and wine that I had last night. But um, so cannabis has been part of your pathway to recovery and health. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like it's changed you? So I, I think it's a, that's a great question. I think, I, I don't know if I'm attributed to cannabis necessarily or just that experience, like that, that near-death experience, I think mm-hmm. was very transformative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways, and I don't. And cannabis played a, has played a role in that new transformation, uh, a large role in that new transformation. And obviously, it's it's now what I'm focused on and driving towards and driving around the country and flying around the, the globe. Yeah. Educate on. So it's definitely given me a direction and a purpose that I didn't really. Yeah. That is stronger than it's ever been before, right? I think is the best way to say it. So I think cannabis has helped to deliver me into a more focused and positive and hopefully more positively impactful life. So I'm actually helping other people become aware and other people learn. Do you feel like it's helped you be more empowered to make positive changes in your life or not? Yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, yeah, I don't think, I I mean, I think I just, yeah, I mean, I think in Germany, I just made up my mind like, Hey, this is crazy. Like people need to learn. No, it actually has, because that's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And and I'm super empowered to do what I do, like Mm -hmm. to do, to do this, right. You have to, we're in freaking China, right? This we're is crazy. Like, China. I went today, I went skiing, and I don't know shit about Chinese. I don't know how to do anything. You know what I mean? So, like, Shishu. that was about, yeah. I know that. It was, it was a little, yeah. Yeah, I think it has, I would say it has empowered me because it's what, it's, it's what I'm driving for See, every day. To me, that's part of the whole, like, regulated endocannabinoid system. Because I think when I work with patients, I'm always concerned because I think that oftentimes we forget that we have the power to change our lives. And empowerment is vital. And for people to have the empowerment and connectivity to really kind of know what they want, what they don't want, what, you, you know what I mean? I just think I, I've seen it transform people. My own experience, you and I had talked about this. I had shingles so badly and it was in my eye and I kept having recurrences because of my stress levels. I don't do well with stress. My body lets me know when it it's stressed out. Yeah. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I'm one of these kinds of people who usually take on way too many things because I love it and enjoy it too much. But then there's a reality to that. Mm-hmm. And, and so, it, you know, I, I found that cannabis has been almost a gateway to connecting more to 
what I need and what I want. It's reduced, and this is fascinating for me as a clinician, that it can reduce defense mechanisms. I know that I've had much more earnest conversations with people, you know. That's great, yeah. When, when I do that. And, and, and so I do think that cannabis has a way of kind of changing the way people interact with each other. And, and see, I, I agree. Mine is more just kind of dispelling the fear. So if people are yeah. afraid to do this or afraid, like, I don't have a lot of fear, right? Like, yeah. Which is, I mean, we're all going to die, right? We're yeah. here for a short period of time, so get after it. If you want to get after it, get after it. You know what I mean? And like, but get after it, like do something. One of my hashtags was like, do, do something. Right. And I was in, um, I was in Kentucky this last road trip and someone had a little name tag that said, do epic shit, which is what I'm changing now. So like, do it, do epic shit. Like don't half-ass it, get after it. Even if you fail, but if you, there's no failure because you learn, right. If you learn, you're, you're winning. Oh my God. So So every time you, every time it doesn't work out, you've learned something or you should learn something. And if you really think about it, you have learned something. Right. But it's just identifying that. And utilizing that in your next con- in your next task or your next project is is awesome. So there are no mistakes; they're just lessons. Yeah, I like it. You know, I like it's it. just lessons. I like it. Well, let's get into this. Okay. Is here another spot we have uh, we'll have a little good banter on is this need for regulation. So you are very excited. <laughs> yes, oh, correct. This is going to be a good one. Hey, listeners, oh. this is the time to listen up. So you can probably you might need to pull over your car if you're in traffic yeah. because it's going to get. It's going to get epic. It's um, going to get pleasantly. It's going to get pleasantly educational. Yeah. Okay. Um, whatever. So <laughs> let's let's get into it. So you are a big fan, a big proponent of the need for regulations in this industry, obviously because some of the stuff you dealt with with K two and Spice and some of the other stuff. But help me understand. <gasps> yeah, help our listeners understand Why? your position. Yeah. Well. By the way, the beeping in the background is for every time that I come up with a really good point, it beeps in the background. So that's that was the point. Oh, Jesus. No, it's just the Chinese watching us. Jesus isn't here. Just just good points by me. Jesus watching us. Okay. (laughs) So anyway, I look at it again as a safety issue. I had a patient recently, or last year, this happened, where he had bought products um, that he thought were okay to consume because he bought it at his local store. It was a bodega in New York and consumed it. And within a few hours, he was in a psych hospital freaking out, having a psychotic episode. And the, I forgot exactly what it was that the drug came back with, but essentially it was a synthetic cannabinoid that created this in him. And again, a lot of trauma. It's led to a breakup of relationships. It's done some major damage. So for me, I would, oh, wait. Of course, our listeners can't see the fireworks display over there, but we're watching fireworks here in China on the 4th of July. Oh, wow. Motherfucker, we're watching 4th of July. I wonder if those are those are like expats. Those are, those are for America because they're like yeah. they're, they're small ones. They're small, they're small ones. <laughs> but okay, so back to the story. You know, for me, this is about how can we enforce that people get what they think that they're getting and that it's safe to do that. In the perfect world, you would never need regulations. I'm going to give you that one. We definitely don't live in a perfect world. Right. We have people who have motivations like cutting corners, saving some money. Let me, you know, how can I make the biggest profit? And really without considering the impact on the human being. And because of that, I am a proponent of regulations to kind of make sure that nothing is sold that can actually potentially hurt people. That people need to be able to know exactly what they're getting. Sure. But we don't we don't know when we buy Cheerios, we don't realize that we're uh-huh. getting glyphosate in our systems. Our children are eating glyphosate, right? Every box of Cheerios has so glyphosate are you on saying it, right? That's so okay. I'm saying don't eat fucking Cheerios. I'm saying right. what I'm saying, but the difference is I don't I don't think we, I I'm not a fan of regulation at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of our industry deciding that it in order to get a license to grow hemp or grow cannabis, you need to overregulate. I my my, my weed company had we had a security system that we had to pay for it to install so they could monitor us at all mm-hmm. times. At one point, they asked us to install a secondary, a secondary system. I'm like, this is absurd. This is stupid. Those systems aren't cheap. And I'm then, not disagreeing and I think, with you, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking, we're talking about people about getting sick, but they're getting safety. sick because of synthetic cannabinoids, right. not because of natural cannabinoids. So my, my point is... Well, hold on now. 
There have been products that have been grown and have had harmful chemicals sprayed on them. That's not natural. I don't disagree with that. But again, if we, you know, we have to have something in place to make sure that the natural piece is the natural piece then. And I think that's the market. I think if I take something from this company and it makes me sick, I'm not going to take that shit anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm not going to take it because I'm going to know, I'm going to do my research to find out what it is and what what comes. Most people don't do that, but that's also on them. Right. So here's the problem. You have a lot of products that don't produce the information to the consumer that they need to have to be able to make educated decisions. Not just like cannabis, so, across the board. Across yeah. the board, absolutely. Agreed. But I'm talking about cannabis, yep. and I'm talking about the impact on my patients here. And so for me, that is the issue until something has to be done to ensure that there's safety. I think that, and that in okay, the perfect I, world, again... We wouldn't have it would automate the market would regulate itself. But we're talking about vulnerable populations here, people who are using products to control certain issues. And because of that, that's where you have to really pay attention. We wouldn't give children medication if we didn't, if we, you know, you wouldn't give them an adult dosage, you're gonna give them what's safe for that person and for that weight and that height and all that stuff. And for me, it's about how do we reduce the risks? And I can't see any other path forward because there are assholes out there who don't give a shit. Like, and I, sure. and I will say the CEO of, of Black Diamond or whatever the company was, his comment when he was um, outed for his product was basically that someone must have tampered with his products. Instead of saying, oh shit, we fucked up. How do we fix this? It was a defense like as if some kind of magical ghost went and like absent minded. Yeah. 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 And and that's who we're dealing with. So I don't know a better answer for that. If you have a better answer, I'm I'm well, interested I'm, in I'm hearing 100% about positive it. that the answer is not the FDA and the answer is not the American government regulating stuff because mm-hmm. they've allowed oxycodone for 11 year olds mm-hmm. that's not safe that's super toxic people are I dying agree. Right? i totally so I, I, I don't disagree my with point that. is if you keep it as close to nature as you can if it's natural or even organic i think it should be driven organic anyways mm-hmm. yeah but if it's organic and it's natural there's no issue there's yep. no issue at all right yep. you can't overdose you can't i mean so and i'm not a fan of regulation of, of our government regulated because they're not out i don't believe that they're out for our best interest and for our safety i believe no, they're, they're out, out for, for their own interest. correct correct yeah. and so i yeah, don't i i, I i'd rather I'd rather, and my interest is making sure people get, and your interests are aligned, making sure people get the right information, right. the right, what they need for themselves, what works for them, right? And that could, they could try different products, but I can see both sides of it for yep. sure. Uh, I just and don't I think the answer is our too. government. I just don't think, I don't, I don't think the FDA, or, but, know, but there's, look, but there's I'm no other mechanism. I'm leery of our government. I am totally leery of, of Big Brother, but I just don't know what else the answer could be. As we're and, in China, by the way, and Big Brother is right up in here. Uh huh. And it's been dinging every time. Yeah. You every time I have a great idea, which is all the ding, time. Ding, ding, great ding, ideas ding, all over ding, the. Ding. China has great ideas, but I can't. I can't verbalize them because I get, you know. Well, because the Big Brother. I know, and yeah. I can't verbalize them for China. For China. Um. So let's get into uh. So this kind of to to segue. Uh, you had said the quote that I had written down yesterday from your speech, which I loved, and it says, "Without research, you're talking about." Um, CBD in general, and the uptake of CBD, and the excitement of CBD, the popularity. And you said, without research, it's just a fad. So let's get into that a little bit. <laughs> I have to tell you, I am like the biggest bitch in my neighborhood when it comes to these coffee shops that were selling CBD and coffee, because I just wanted to slap them. Like, okay, what are you using? See, I, I'm watching your body language right now. You're I'm like, literally what? Giving you, I'm literally giving you poker face. I yeah. Uh huh. Your your shoulders went up. <laughs> you know, they really? I, yes, they nice. do. I'm used to Look reading body. I, know. I am right. a professional. You know, uh, you're, you're not. Oh, I got you. No, oh, I got no. you. Now. No, just so everyone knows, I'm standing it. still and not doing anything, so it's just perfect. Oh, what? But he'll look off in a moment. I'll be able to tell what he's thinking because this is what I'm trained to do. Okay. Let's do this. Oh, I, I, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so the issue is. Again, I keep going back to where are these people? I know you're trying so hard. Um, 
where so without where research, are we it's just a it? fad. Yeah. So and, and right now in New York, I'm just speaking about New York. Just there are CBD stores everywhere, popping up for everything. And that's all over the country. And it's all over the country. It's in food and coffees and all of this. And there are all these claims, but we don't have a lot of really good data around cannabinoid specific claims. We really don't. I mean, we're getting there, but right now we have to build better research protocols. When you look at, for example, like most of the research out there, it's not been on cannabis. I'm just going to talk about cannabis in general. We haven't been able to drill down to what the specific cannabinoids are. We don't have a lot of data about when we do research, for example, on CBD. Oftentimes, you don't have information on dosage or where it came from. There are some great emerging studies coming out. We know that there was a really great one, and I'm interested in it because of the opioid use disorder issue, about how CBD at high levels can actually reduce cravings of heroin users uh, who are in early-stage relapse. But... I'm worried that it's becoming such a fad that people are going to be focused on CBD, CBD, CBD without really understanding what its role is and how it can positively impact people. And so I'm sure I'm watching you nod your head and I might be projecting here, but I'm sure you're like, so what? But at the same time, though, I just want to make sure that we have data to back up these claims. Why would you think I'd say so what to have more research? Oh, because I'm projecting. No, 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 no. I don't say you're saying so what to having more research. No, I'm just saying that you are like, I'm totally reading into your body language right now. You know, and... and, Or misreading. Misreading, yeah. And and so I just think that... Oh, shut (laughs) up. God, he's doing a happy dance, people. He's doing a happy dance. It's a patented shoulder roll. I know. I shouldn't do that in in China because they take take patents away here. It's like that. That's not announced going to be the new fad in China. (laughs) Let me get. Yeah, Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Um, Anywho. Yeah, so I don't think it's a fad. I hope it's not a fad. I hope it's not a fad. I hope it's not a fact. I agree I'm research. worried that it's going to become so infiltrated that people are going to think that it's for everything in the whole wide world. And if the research is not there to support these claims, we shouldn't be saying that. But it because is for everything in the whole wide world because it's the endocannabinoid system which runs the body, right? So I think to well, your point. hold on, though. Hold on. It depends on how your individual endocannabinoid correct. system is working. I'm talking about cannabinoids in general, not just CBD. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so... I agree that there needs to be more research. I think I'm more fearful of making it so scientific, right? It has to yeah. be so, and this is what we're writing to the yeah. FDA next week on our, the letter of the HIA is writing to the FDA and, and others are writing. It doesn't need to be that scientific. It does, it's, it's nature. It works. You take CBD and you feel better and your anxiety is down and your body, CBD in general, in general, and this, and, but See, I all the research, I, like it has to be this specific dose and this titrated at this oh. amount. I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's necessary on the pharma side, but I don't think it's necessary on the real life, everyday but, supplement but, side. And the reality is, is you don't know that because you don't know what the person's endocan- how the endocannabinoid system is functioning. I don't want people to be afraid to take this, this natural, organic, yeah. Yeah. right? Nat- organic, natural products that uh, that have been shown to be beneficial to a to a. a, a a system in our body that regulates everything. Right, but this is why I think your what you're saying is so important because I agree 110 percent with what you're saying. However, I also know that most people are looking for the science piece, and we need to be able to balance all of this. Out. Some people, yeah, yeah. some people, yeah, well, for sure. I wouldn't say, know, yeah, we need, way, yeah. we need to. We need that to will help it some out. people get there. I agree. Yeah. I agree 100. percent But I hope it doesn't prevent. People from the lack of science or the apparent uh, think of lack of science, right? There's 12,168 patents on cannabinoids since 1940, right? So I'm sure there's more now, but the lack of research shouldn't prevent people from taking naturally, naturally occurring substances, right? That can help their body, right? Mm So we don't, yeah. So we're going to have to, yeah, I'll shut up now. Okay. Grayson, you can take that part out. (laughs) Okay. I think we need to be ending this. Yeah, I think so. I do have one last question. Okay. So what did you learn about when you were here, since you're here in China? What have you learned over the last few days? Well, I've learned that my Chinese sucks. Um, 
linguistically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that in China they just call it food, not Chinese food. <laughs> um, and then I've learned that... You take toilet paper with you. Yeah, I've learned that um, sandpaper, it does not work well with O-rings. And then I've learned... Uh, that's fine. I'm actually. It's actually. This place is amazing. It's incredible, it and is, I'm excited to travel it? all over the rest of the country in the next couple of weeks. But it's. You I'm pleasantly surprised. So I'm you're pleasantly. You're going to be seeing hemp farms all over China. Yeah, so I'm going to go see three hemp farms and three the largest three processing facilities in the country, in the world. I think, um, which will be amazing. I mean, I really got hooked up with some amazing people. Again, this is just kind I of how life did. works out fantastically, right? So, um, and so it's been. Uh, I've learned that they also don't provide enough towels. In the hotel room, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, or alcohol. Or alcohol. In yeah, a we had. Bar have no beer. Yeah, or it's wine. just all right. So, listeners, guys, we were here last night. We went out after I drank the gasoline, uh, the, the <laughs> Chinese gasoline, and then came back and we decided to get some drinks on the main floor, the top floor up here. And they wouldn't. They were closed. The bar had no alcohol, which is it's so it's not really like called a bar. It's just called like a table. Ten thirty. Like ten thirty or whatever. So we had to order room service to my room. And then just had to convince them that delivery wasn't to my room. It was just to the, the floor we were on. Oh my so God, that's the beauty of traveling all over the place. You get, to, you get to come up with creative solutions to issues when they say it's not possible because they always say it's not and possible of course, no matter what country you're in. Typical Jan who never carries cash, they only take cash here. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, yeah. And there aren't any ATMs or banks around. No. And I learned that the hard way they went to cash because I went skiing today and I didn't have money to buy gloves. And they went to make credit cards. So my little hands were freezing. Oh, wait. Did I? I didn't. Well, I told you about this. So I had my two hour thing. My niece seized up today. It was really funny. And she and I were having to communicate over our cell phones doing translation because I couldn't understand the damn thing she was saying. She couldn't understand the damn thing I'm saying. And. Thank God for technology and VPN so I can actually access Google. Yeah, if it wasn't for VPN, I would be VP out. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we should, I think, hashtag me too. Are you VPN? Oh no, I'm VP out. (laughs) So on that, we will close close up. We will get get some dinner and I'm reading from my tree-free hemp, just so we're clear, my tree-free hemp little um, pamphlet here, which is Mm -hmm. awesome, hemp paper. Uh, a little shout out to Tree Free Hemp and Morris. You can keep that part in because that's your company. But I wanted to. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll end on that. So let's VP out. I have a question. One more. Yeah. One more. So on our podcast, we always end with a mind munching, basically a food for thought. Okay, I so, love munching. I know. And the mind munching is no mind munchy. Um, so was... do you have any kind of like food for thought for our listeners? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like reflection on this weekend is 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 I I've studied this. I'm a total nerd, so I studied this for a long time, and I realize every day how little I know. How the more I learn, the less I know, right? right. And I think that really that resonates a lot here because I learned a ton this weekend um, here in China. This is only the it's second province the growing. Week. I don't know if you realize this, but this is what day is this? A Wednesday or a Thursday? We're in a Thursday. So then, why don't you just call it a weekend? If you don't know what day it is, why don't you just call it a weekend? That's what I do. <laughs> So if I don't know what day it is, it's just the weekend. Like, oh it's God. much better. That's a much better way okay, to deal with okay. life. Like, I'll, I'll except for Sunday. I don't know, like, the Sunday. Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, so it's, it, on every on the last three Saturdays we've had, the last three days in a row, uh, I learned some really cool stuff. But um, the food for thought, I don't have food for thought, I think. Just, yeah, what, what, give an example. Okay. Like, when you, like, one food for thought one time I had was my granny used to have a saying, Everything that shines isn't silver and everything that stinks isn't shit. I just think that's a brilliant kind of way of looking at the world. But like my food for thought. Shitty silver. (laughs) My mind munchie of this week would be that, you know, life is a very interesting place and you can go halfway around the world and meet like minded people and just to be open because you never know what can happen. I like it. I like it. And so I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave our listeners a combined yes. new hemp ties. Let's talk hemp on the 422 podcast direct live from China. Um, live via recording. Uh, live from, from China. For China. <laughs> and we are, I would leave them with this. It's a, I think it's either a Chinese or an African proverb. But it says, alone we go fast, together we go far. So I like that. And we need to collaborate more as an industry. We don't, people are trying to compete with each other. There is not, you know, I, the market's not mature enough for competitors, so we need to work together and we need to help each other. Absolutely. So, Even when we disagree. 
because we learn from each I other. I agree with that. Me too. Wait, you're su- <laughs> I'm you're agreeing supposed with to you. disagree with me. I disagree <laughs> with the fact that I should disagree with you. <laughs> and on that, we will close it out. So right, thank you. Bye, uh, live from China. We'll chat soon. Bye. bye. This episode of The 422 is underwritten by The Hemp Road Trip and HempEvents.org. Visit www.HempEvents.org for the best filtered listing of hemp-related events in the United States and abroad. The best way you can support the show is to share this with your family, friends, and colleagues. Don't miss the opportunity to learn more about this podcast at Let'sTalkHemp.com. And if you enjoyed the show, feel free to subscribe and leave us an iTunes review. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.